Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. I just took a shot at the waste paper basket and I threw it sideways. For all the work Keyshawn, we do Keyshawn, J. In Will, and Max. Season, yeah, he's my so shooting coach, Jay. Presented by Progressive Insurance, all guests on the Goodyear hotline. Um, you can tune in to the ESPN Daily Podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story from one of ESPN's hundreds of reporters presented by Supercuts. Download, subscribe, and review ESPN Daily, available wherever you enjoy your podcasts. By the way, we are asking today, in light of the huge news in college football, obviously, Brian Kelly from Notre Dame to LSU and Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma to USC. So who wins a national title first? Brian Kelly or Lincoln Riley or neither. The Dr. Pepper call-in line, uh, that's the question. Giving Tuesday is all day long here on ESPN Radio. We're going to be supporting the V Foundation. Okay. Well, he won't be driving a Lincoln in L.A., that's for sure. No, what's he going to be driving in L.A.? He'll be driving a Mercedes-Benz. Hmm. I don't think well, he was driving free, a Lincoln in that's the Oklahoma. Free, <laughs> that's the free car of the USC head coach. Oh, you get the yeah, Mercedes get the, automatically. Gonna, yeah, he gonna get the he gonna get the the whatever big brand of the whole deal. Fancy car. Yeah, fancy car. S six hundred. I mean, yeah, Lincoln no, Riley no. should drive a Lincoln, I guess. No, no, that's why I said he won't be driving a Lincoln <laughs> in L.A. That's for sure. So <laughs> with all that money, here's Brian <laughs> Kelly, Notre Dame head coach, still. <laughs> um, at from the November, time. yeah, at the time he was at the time, November twenty second. He was asked about leaving Notre Dame at any point. We're going to play the question and listen to his answer. Other than retiring from your current profession, could you see yourself leaving Notre Dame of your own volition? No. No. I mean, look, I think Mike Tomlin had the best line, right? You know, um, unless unless that uh, that fairy godmother comes by with that you know, $250 million check, I'd, my wife would want to take a look at it first. I'd have to run it by her. I mean, that sounds like he's negotiating with LSU at the time. Like, like they're, they're at buck twenty-five, and he's going, too fitty. Let's see if I can get him. Let's see if I can nudge him up with a public comment. Key, so there's another big-time college program open. First it was USC, then LSU. Both were filled by coaches from other big programs. So now the question is, who's the best fit for Notre Dame? The best fit for Notre Dame, I go. To, my first mind goes, just repeat again, go all the way back to what you did the first time. You brought in Brian Kelly from Cincinnati, Midwest kind of, you know, deal. Now you got Luke Fickle. Doing a hell who, of a job. Who's hot who's doing a hell of a job, went into Notre Dame and beat Notre Dame with the Cincinnati team that he had. Um, you did this with Brian Kelly. You brought him from Cincinnati. So why not take a look at that again? You know what it is. You know it's the Midwest. He understands the footprint of the recruiting in the area. He understands that. The Ohio State job could come open, but it might not come open. And the only reason why it could is because maybe uh, – Ryan Day decides to go to the NFL, and therefore Luke Fickle, that's his former school. He's an alum. He coached there before. He could go back there, but the Notre Dame job is open right now. So it's kind of like – so I would look at that. I'd look at Bill O'Brien at, 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 at Alabama, offense coordinator. Did a good job at Penn State as a coach. 
I'm sure he wants to be a head coach again. He understands, again, the Midwest footprint. Um, no truth to the rumor that he wants to be both head coach and AD. Oh, and that. AD. No, we don't want him to, we don't want him to do in, that. With the Texans. you you got to have somebody that understands that Midwest, that Notre Dame recruiting, the academic standards of getting kids in. you got to understand all those sort of things. What's so funny, Jack? Just because you know. I'm like, there's a guy who's losing a lot right now in the NFL down in Jacksonville. And Urban Meyer, who understands the geographical footprint of the Midwest very well. Sure does. Very well, and has made it openly back in the day that he loves the opportunity at Notre Dame. And yeah, up- he, couldn't, he couldn't do that, though. Why? Because then he would be quitting. Well, it's not like he quit before, but <laughs> he would be – he couldn't do that. He's got to finish this deal. he got to finish the Jaguars deal because he was brought there to build that program from the – by the Dumps. way, and I got to say something about the Jaguars. I know it's been a mess this year, and he's made a lot of missteps. Trevor Lawrence, if you said, like, who has shown you the highest high-end uh, potential of all the rookie quarterbacks, I've seen Trevor Lawrence do things where I go, oh, even Justin Fields, who I like a lot, I, Trevor Lawrence got a little bit extra. Like, he can do some things physically yeah, that are really see, rare. You know, you could always go Matt Campbell, uh, Iowa State coach, but I'm sure there's, you know, I don't know what other jobs are open, but Oklahoma job is open, so they may look at that. Would they ever do Lane Kiffin? I don't know. <laughs> Lane probably would drive them crazy. Oh, man, they would go crazy at Notre Dame. So that would probably be out. Um, but I think Luke Fickle will have the nod on that one early if he wants it. Notre Lane? Say it with me. Notre Lane? Oh, jeez. Oh, God. No, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that. I mean, you can always keep it in house. Give it to Marcus Freeman. I mean, they're DC. I mean, he has a lot of experience being around the program. Understands how they work. Understands plays. Keep it in house. They Does, tried that before with Bob Davey. So, so Cincinnati is in. You know, the playoff. You know, Hunt as yeah. is Notre Dame. Yeah. Really, you explained how like it could happen for Notre Dame. Does that affect the fickle situation at all for Notre Dame in terms of there's a there's a there's a ticking clock all that? You well, know, it, it, let me see. We're about two weeks away from early signing period, so he has a chance to be the first coach of a, a group of five in the playoff. So he, would he leave before playing in that game? You could you could do both. Coaches have done both where. Well, mainly assistant coaches have stayed through the playoffs and bowl games and things of that nature and coached their team and then decided to leave. And I think the University of Cincinnati alumni brass, the, the administration would understand Notre Dame is a is a bigger job than Cincinnati. You know what else? It's almost they would like, understand that. It's almost like the, the movie The Natural. People remember the detail. It wasn't even about winning the World Series. He just, they just wanted to get in. If Cincinnati even just gets to the playoff, that's a big win think, for the think program. About, mm-hmm. Think about UCF a couple years ago. UCF played Auburn down at the Peach Bowl in Atlanta. I went to the game and watched UCF just destroy Auburn. Scott Frost had already agreed to take the Nebraska job, and they were going into the Peach Bowl to play an SEC team, and they went and did their did work, and they celebrated it because it was a stepping stone. Cincinnati is not a university on their football program as a lifer. You, you're going to move on from Cincinnati at some point in time. Nobody is staying there as lifers. It just right. doesn't, doesn't work that way economically. They can't afford 
to keep a guy when Notre Dame can throw $10 million a year at him and you're paying him three. At least we don't have happen. to hear the hypocritical BS about, well, you have to finish what you start with to the kids anymore. Because they used to, while coaches were doing that, you were still beating kids in the head with, with commitments and all this stuff. And at least now everyone knows this is just a business. Don't you feel like, yeah, I feel like the tone over the last couple of years has changed with that, though. Don't you feel like it, no people doubt. recognize it and kids recognize it more so than ever that it's a business? No doubt. And it allows you Doesn't to make sit, it easier. Jay, but... it allows you to sit here and say, as you did earlier in the show, Look, I, I, I think that it's an opportunity, and you basically don't want to criticize a coach for making the right decision for him or his family, but in this atmosphere, it's easier to make that comment and not be hypocritical because we can say the same thing about the student-athletes now. But it's still going, they still going to make the comment and be hypocritical, though, because that's just what it is. They, yeah, some gonna, will. Some they, will. It's just sure. some going to do it, man. And, I ain't going anywhere. Right. Everything, I'm here as a lifer. And, Max, I'm going to say this, and I know people get really frustrated because they hear about this all the time. But as we keep seeing money go up and these coaches being paid NFL salary, head coaching type of salaries, it, NIL, NIL is not enough. There has to be some kind of rev share agreement to some small degree for athletes in football and basketball that generate the most revenue for those two sports in collegiate sports. Yeah, NIL is cute and everything, but it's a it start, ain't, man. It ain't that ain't nothing. Right. Well, it's but it's a start. Like you feel yeah, like the dam, the dam is starting to break. Um. Does Notre Dame call Pat Fitzgerald? Guy who won in the, Mid- in the Midwest, Chicago area, you know, with like academic standards, all that, the stuff that you're describing, Key. I think that's a good call. I do. I think that's a good call. Though they had a down year this year, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, Northwestern is a really hard place to, to get the student athlete in, especially the type of player that it's going to take to compete every single week in the Big Ten Conference. I mean, it's just hard. You know, they get five years – and then they get one good year, then another five years, and then one. So it's just hard. You know what else it tells Why are you me? Laughing? Just because I, I'm sitting there thinking about, you know, it's the, new opportunity, the new opportunity <laughs> that he's going to have at LSU, and he's like, wait, I can get this dude in. I can get I can get these type of guys in at my program to play for me. What I can have these type of athletic players here? Is this? A, it so, is. I agree with you. I'm saying exactly. What you're so saying. much of it is recruiting, though. <laughs> like for Brian Kelly to make that move. That he made as good as he, I was in college and went to USC, ain't no way in the hell I would have gone to Northwestern. <laughs> I couldn't have got in. They wouldn't allow me to work. get through the cafeteria. <laughs> uh, Key, you, at, at what you said earlier in the show about like you were selling Notre Dame. It's something unique, right? You're going to get a certain type of student athlete there. Now you're just in the South competing with everybody. It's a free for all. But I'll say this: it says something about Brian Kelly's own confidence. In his ability to coach, I get like it. There, like there's the, it's there's the recruiting and then there's the coaching. Because if you don't have some leg up on the recruits and you're just recruiting with everyone else, your coaching ability I guarantee is going to come in. I know we got to go. I guarantee you though, LSU deck is stacked and he can go in there and turn the program around quick because Coach O did recruit. Yeah, because well. they already got the player. Keyshawn J. Willemax presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Goodyear Hotline, including a former NFL coach who had a first season unlike anyone else. We hope his treatment is working. We just hope. One mission. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join us in the V Foundation in the fight against cancer. Visit v.org slash donate today. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We hope his treatment is working. We just hope. One mission. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join us in the V Foundation in the fight against cancer. Visit v.org slash donate today. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers, download the podcast. Um, Chuck Pagano, former NFL coach and cancer survivor, uh, joins, and in what, we've got uh, another five minutes or so. Right? Oh, no, no, right now. Am I right, Evan? Is Chuck on the line? Oh, excellent. Chuck, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Coach! Thanks for having me. You don't love What's me. Up, you Keith? don't love me anymore. <laughs> yes, I do. I always have, even though you didn't come to East Carolina. Hey, Back in the day, Key. Hey, here's a story. I've been here's a story for you. So Chuck Pagano recruited me to East Carolina. And he was I've been knowing Chuck since I was young. Out west, he coached at USC the whole deal. I took a recruiting trip to East Carolina. That's my guy. So I'm gonna give him, you know, nope. give him that Chuck, love. How come you couldn't close the deal? What happened? <laughs> The bag wasn't big enough. <laughs> we, yeah, it was. You got me. I didn't have to recruit. The head coach at the time was Steve Logan, if you remember. And, and he said, man, you just get key on, on campus. We don't even have to sign him. You don't have to recruit the rest of this season. That's, yeah. a oh, that's why I did that. I said, I got to take care of my guy. Coach, um, today is Giving Tuesday, and tomorrow is the start of uh, V Week on ESPN. So we'd love for you to share your story with everyone. Can you take us through, if you don't mind, your diagnosis in 2012 and your fight to return? Yeah, um, seems like seems like yesterday, but shoot, it's been 10 years almost. So, yeah, I was uh, had some uh, some symptoms. I was tired. I just thought it was you know football. It was you know I was only six months on the job at at Indianapolis and and had some bruising going on. So. Luckily, we had the bye week, uh, fourth game of the season uh, that year. And so we got done playing Jacksonville, and, and I got some blood work done. And next thing I know, they, they set me up to go see an uh, oncologist down at the Simon Cancer Center. And 
And me and my wife drove down there, and and it's those words you'd never think you're going to hear. We all been touched by by cancer, but never think personally we're going to ever hear it. Uh, you know, you have cancer, so um, luckily, uh, right place at the right time. I got great care. Um, I had a form of leukemia, APL, that was uh, highly curable. Um, so spent, you know, spent a, basically a month in the hospital and then uh, two months at home uh, going through chemo and all that kind of stuff. And and after 12 weeks, you know, returned uh, to the Colts and my job. And and I've been in remission uh, for almost 10 years now, um, you know, and I was just, like I said, I was at the right place at the right time. And, and because of research, because of what, you know, you guys are doing, what everybody's doing with the, the V Foundation and, and raising money for cancer uh, uh, research, I mean, that's why I'm here today. Um, the form of leukemia that I had probably 20, 30 years ago was 50% survival rate. And, and because of because of research, it, it's in the low 90s. So I was very blessed. I was very lucky. And, and uh and very, very grateful and thankful for, for the doctors and researchers and scientists who, who came up with the cure. And, and uh, that's why we all continue to do what we're doing to we stamp out all blood cancers. Chuck, how big was it and what did it mean to you, though, to be able to get out the hospital, get back on the sidelines and coach in the playoffs? Oh, it, it was it was unbelievable, and I, you know, a lot goes through your your head when when you go through something like that. But um, you know, going through the treatment, you know, the month in the hospital and through chemo and things like that, staying connected, you know, with the with the team and watching those guys go out because we weren't supposed to, you know, we weren't supposed to win a game that year. You know, coming off a two and fourteen season, probably the only reason I had an opportunity to be the coach there uh, is because Peyton didn't play, but. Um, it was, you know, watching them play, uh, you know, Andrew Luck, seven fourth quarter comebacks, you know, winning 11 games and going to the playoffs. It was, uh, you know, I had to do the medicine and the chemo, all that stuff. But but that's what really, really got me well was, you know, my family and, and the support of that community here in, in Indy, the NFL community, if uh, you know, uh, if you will. But um, it was it was unbelievable. It was surreal. I remember walking out uh, on the field that that day. Uh, I think it was a Houston Texans, you know, my first game back, uh, last game of the regular season. And uh, it was it was really surreal. And, uh, again, very grateful and thankful that, uh, that that day happened. Coach, what was the message that you would have for people who are battling cancer right now or any other illness considering what you've gone through? Yeah, it's much like, like Jimmy V. You don't ever, you don't ever give up. It's, it's a mindset. And we all know you have to go through whatever treatment you have to go through. Um, but you, you just got to, you know, you have to believe and you have to, you have to have faith. You know, we always said, you know, faith is believing what you can't see. And the reward for believing is that you'll get to see it. And, you know, there's going to be some, some tough days, some really dark days. Uh, you know, it's no fun going through uh, the chemo and the treatment, all that kind of stuff. But, but you have to have faith and you have to believe and you never, you know, you never, ever, you know, you ever give up and, and you just keep fighting and, uh, you know, and, and just know that you're not alone. You know, we have a, you know, deal with our Chuck Strong, you know, gala, you know, we came up with NFA, nobody fights alone. So um, even though you may seem at, at times like you're going through this, this battle alone, you're never alone. Chuck, how important was your top assistant in Bruce Arians, um, you know, taking over for you, 
that year in, in the Indianapolis Colts, bringing you back and keeping you as a head coach, even though he was uh, named coach of the year and also a survivor of cancer at the time. It was it was so huge, and, and I was so fortunate, T, because, you know, when I got the job, it was late January, and, you know, at that time, you know, most everybody's under contract, and you can't, you know, your old team won't let you take anybody, and there's nobody else, you know, not many uh, to choose from, but, you know, Pittsburgh and, and Bruce had parted ways, and he was on the street and semi-retired, so very, very lucky and, 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 and fortunate that Bruce was available uh, and on the street, and, you know, I called him up. He was in a pickup truck, him, him and his wife, and he just took a load of stuff down to their place in Georgia. And, uh, you know, I, I said, he always, you know, he calls everybody cuz. I was like, hey, cuz, what you up to, man? He goes, I don't know. That depends. I said, well, you retired? He goes, that depends, too. What you talking about? You know, so um, Bruce came on, and, you know, the way things transpired and having to step away and having a guy like Bruce, a guy that's, you know, been in the fire, coached uh, for so, so long, uh, and obviously a, a great coach, but a, but a, a great leader and a, and a great person and, and a, somebody that just, you know, stepped, stepped right in and, you know, um, obviously did a, did a fabulous job with that football team. And then, you know, because it was, it, was, it was a little bit weird, you know, coming back. You know, after, you know, shoot, he goes nine and three, makes the playoffs, this, that, and the other, and, and uh, finally got his, his opportunity and dream job at Arizona. But, you know, it was tough. But Bruce was, is such a humble guy and a selfless guy. You know, he made that transition back into the building really easy for me. Chuck, you were in Chicago last season. What have you made of all this noise around Matt Nagy and that situation happening with the Bears? Yeah, um, I don't wish that stuff on anybody. I'm glad I'm uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing this stuff anymore. I miss the football. I miss the competition. I miss the relationships. I miss all that stuff. But but all the noise and and everything that that comes you know with the, with these jobs and opportunities. Again, coach knows what he signed up for. We all know what we signed up for. But um, I love the fact that they went out and, and they got a win. You know, last week and, and coming off a bye, and and uh, that's a great staff and a great coach and all that kind of stuff. And what a great organization! And uh, again, I don't, you know, it's just part of the part of the job. It, it's what comes with the with the job and the territory. Mm. Are you done? Are you are you are you just sitting tight right now? Yeah, <laughs> I'm done. I just uh, had an opportunity to come back to Indy and, and watch Robert Mathis. Uh, get inducted into the ring of honor and, and was with a bunch of the old players, Red and Edron and, and uh, Dwight and a bunch of guys, Pat McAfee. And, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm done. It's, I, it, I don't know though. I, we were just talking this morning, my wife and I about these contracts and, and the money they're throwing around now key. I mean, you, as a player, you probably sitting there going, man, I, I just came too soon. You know, my time was too soon. And I know we all did really good, but, Hell, I just kind of saw what they gave Lincoln Riley at your school, <laughs> place where I started. Oh my God! Yeah, hundreds of millions of dollars being made. But no, I'm, I'm good. I'm done. I'm living a blessed life in Boise, Idaho, and I got my three daughters and all my grandkids are out there, and so life's good. Right. Sounds like it, Coach. Great to have you on. Appreciate you jumping on with us this morning. 
Thank you so much for having me. All right, Chuck, we'll talk. Chuck Pagano, ladies and gentlemen. From All right, guys, take care. From South Bend to the Bayou. I'll tell you if it will work for Brian Kelly. I don't necessarily know about the fit. Is Brian Kelly, who's a Midwest guy, does he fit Let's in see. the SEC? Because, Let's man, see. you got to get down and dirty to win in the Southeastern Conference. Brian Kelly coming to LSU gives him an opportunity to finish his resume off. He's already a Hall of Fame coach who gets an opportunity now in the best conference in the country. Is he a big name? Absolutely. No. Is he no. the right name? That's We'll see. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Marcus Spears, ESPN football analyst, joins us on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. Marcus Spears attending LSU. What's going on, Swagoo? What up, brothers? What's happening, man? What up, baby? I thought I was going to catch you in the studio on TVU out in Bristol or something since I'm going to see you, you know, tomorrow, but I guess you're on the horn. Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm finishing up some tape, Key. I gotta. I gotta watch some tape, some NFL tape. Okay. So, what do you think about the Brian Kelly hire, Marcus? I like it, man. I mean, I got. I got to be honest. Like, it's a. It's a. It ain't. This, it ain't as sexy to the eyes and ears. But Brian Kelly has won. Um, he plays a physical brand of football that I like. I particularly like up front, and I. I I think this move is about consistency as opposed to a splash. Um, we've been down that road. We've, we've been down that route. A lot of schools have been down that route. And sometimes it just doesn't work out. Brian Kelly, 60 years old, man. He coming to win. And ultimately, y'all know what it is if you win. And, you know, I, I know culturally uh, the fit and all of that. Nick Saban came from Michigan State. Nobody knew who the hell he was. But when he started winning, coincidentally, he fit the culture at LSU. So I just um, I'm gonna give it time, man. But but his resume speaks for itself, and, and I like it. I gotta be honest with you. I, the, the splash hire is always fun for like the first three four months, and then you got to have some substance to it. I think this one got some substance to it. Hey, uh, Marcus, why would it be a splash hire though? He's gone to he's gone to national championship. He's been in the Final Four in the college football yeah. playoffs twice. That's like, how much splash more do you need? Nah, Key, that, to me, that's substance. Um, and I know I know what you're saying. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a really good hire. I'm not going to call it a great hire because, obviously, you got to go there and win. But you know how this cycle go, bro. You, you throw around the offensive geniuses. You throw around the young guns. You throw around all of these guys that are upcoming and ascending. That's. That's how I view it. I don't know if everybody else view it like that, but I view it like a splash hire when you get, you know, the the, the young, hot coach and everybody thinks he's going to turn into something. And very rarely do you have an opportunity to get a guy that's proven. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's how you interpret it. Yeah. You know, like your school, SC, I think Lincoln Riley is a phenomenal coach, but it's a splash hire because everybody knew that if Lincoln Riley went somewhere, it's a young coach, great offense, million points on the board. Doesn't mean it doesn't have substance to it, but I think with Brian Kelly and some of the reaction that I got last night, everybody was, the, the name bothered everybody. But then when you go look at what the hell he done did, you see that the substance is there. And I think that's what I'm what I'm talking about when I talk about splash hire. More more so the name and what everybody who everybody think 
should be the coach. Yeah, no, I get it. I understand. So uh, I got to ask you, Marcus, what does Brian Kelly need to do once he gets feet on the ground? Like, how does he turn it around in a short period of time at LSU? Yeah, just, I, I mean, Jay, you know, college, man, lifeblood is recruiting. Um, you know, you, you first, I think you keep some guys from that staff, which Corey Raymond, the defensive back coach, he needs to be there. Mickey Joseph, I think, needs to be there. Um, all of these guys, Kevin Falk, needs to be there because not only have they recruited the area, but they a lot of those players that are at LSU currently that are really good football players but young guys, Look to those three guys I just mentioned as mm-hmm. mentors. And that ain't me pushing for them. They hell of a coaches. Corey Raymond, the best secondary coach in, the, in college football. By far. Um, Kevin Falk. Excuse me? No, I said by far. Corey Raymond, by far, yeah, the best yeah, secondary yeah. coach. And, and then, you you know, Kevin Falk, obviously, uh, name carries weight. Backfield's been really good. You see, like these coaches, Mickey Joseph has been in Louisiana. He's coached high school ball in Louisiana. And I think that's something that get missed, man, because – if you're going to connect, if, and that's probably what everybody's talking about when they talk about does he fit. Can he go into these homes and convince Louisiana mothers and fathers uh, when those kids want to come to come to LSU? And, you know, I, I just – I cannot subscribe to the fact that hiring Brian Kelly at LSU is going to make you lose majority of your recruits or guys that want to come to LSU because he's won. And I think when you get to that point, you just start to understand that there's a lot of guys that's going to be on that coaching staff in that locker room that that understand the culture, but also understands how their recruiting trail goes that will help him in that regard. So um, that's the part that I look forward to. Can he recruit? And if he can, you know, and he did well at Notre Dame recruiting. So LSU ain't, ain't chopped liver. Still kids want to go there. So, Marcus, last three coaches at LSU – have won national titles. Why will Brian Kelly be the fourth, and why won't he be the fourth straight to do it? Tell me why he will and why he won't. I believe he will be the fourth coach to do it, one, because he has time, and two, because LSU is never lacking talent. Um, And based on – look, we're talking – you know, we preamble, but talking resume, Brian Kelly has been to the college football playoff. He understands how to win games. And at least get you to a point where you got a shot. Y'all know, man, we covered it. Me and Keith talk about the NFL. Once you get in the playoffs, you got a shot. That's why we focus so much on teams getting into the playoffs. What he will have at LSU, what I don't think he had at Notre Dame, is more more athletes, more guys that can play at a higher level. And that's no shade to Notre Dame, but when you recruit at LSU and you get the type of guys that want to go play in the SEC – usually roster through and through, you got better talent. Um, that's the reality. So I think I think his coaching prowess mixed with better talent and an opportunity to, to recruit probably at a higher level than he ever has um, will, will give him the best shot. And look, man, Brian Kelly came to win the national championship. He could have stayed at Notre Dame. And that's, a, that's one of the greatest jobs in college football. But I think the difference is he understands the type of players he can get as a whole at LSU as opposed to being at Notre Dame and fighting the battle of, of academic um, things that limitations, how high your GPA need to be. Also, you got <laughs> kids that want to play in the SEC because they send guys to the pros in droves. Like, the conference speaks for itself, man. And I think he's going to come over and be able to pull guys into LSU 
And, you know, he need to put together a staff and, and, a, and a coach and a repertoire to, to get to the point where they have a chance to win the championship. Marcus, who should who should Notre Dame go steal from another school like LSU and USC did? Oh man, um, you know I've heard I've heard Matt Campbell name thrown around who I like who I like a lot. Seems like he connects with those with, with the kids. Um, and then he went out. You know, you look at you look at college football this year, bro, and I think people are starting to realize that. You know, coaches will will say things, and they will tell you what you need to hear until what you need to hear is done. Um, in in his case, but Matt Campbell is a guy that I've seen thrown around. Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. Um, I was it was funny, man. Uh, somebody tweeted Urban Meyer, and I was like, to the Catholic school. <laughs> but, but but it's just those two names come to mind, man. And to be honest with you, I have. Like to go to go steal somebody from college, um, it's gonna have to be a dude that want to go to Notre Dame. But between Luke Fickle and Matt Campbell, I think those are two coaches that that would be interesting at, at Notre Dame. That is Marcus Spears. You know him. You love him from all over ESPN platforms. Thanks, Swagoo. Appreciate it, brother. All right, brother. All right, fellas. Appreciate it. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2. Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speakers. Download the podcast. Uh, listen okay. to the Man in the Arena podcast, by the way. A 10-part series exploring how sports has an impact on our everyday lives through the lens of Tom Brady's career. Available wherever you get your podcasts and brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. For a mortgage experience you can be a fan of, Rocket can. Mike Tannenbaum giving the straight talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Going on, Mike, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. What up, brother? Um, Mike, you saw Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers just get destroyed by the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. What happened? They're not good enough on either side of the line of scrimmage. And if I was running the Steelers, you have to make some really honest and sober decisions. Go back a couple years ago, Ben McAdoo benched Eli Manning. It was the right decision, even though it was unpopular. And I would find out what you have in Dwayne Haskins because what was really clear watching that game, guys, Cincinnati was the better team, and it's going to get even dramatically bigger. I don't think Pittsburgh has a lot of good young players. They have a handful. Micah Fitzpatrick, Najee Harris, Devin Bush, T.J. Watt, but... The skill players that Cincinnati has and the young defense alignment they have, I think there's a massive gulf between those two teams. 
and you have to find out who your next quarterback is. And the verb I would use, guys, is I would scour. I would see what I have at Dwayne Haskins. I would go try to sign a veteran next year, and I would try to draft one after that. Mm. Yeah, they didn't look good, obviously, against Cincinnati. And you could tell time is is ticking really fast now on Big Ben to the point where he should probably, in my opinion, volunteer to take a back seat to see what is moving forward for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, he may not want to do that, but it would probably serve, you know, a good gesture at the end is, hey, man, I'm I'm done. I'm hurting his team and see what the young guys can do because they, he won't be the quarterback there next year. Yeah, it's oh. like he's already had his, you know, this happened with Derek Jeter. He was terrible. He cost the Yankees a playoff spot his last year with the Yankees because he couldn't defend and he couldn't lead off. And they put him at the top of the lineup. Kobe Bryant last year was awful, and he got a lot of minutes because he's Kobe Bryant. And you know, but but those Eli Manning, he was he had been finished for two years. They wasted a season on him. But what those players meant to their franchises, they got that last season. Roethlisberger, this has got to be that, right? Like, that's essentially what Pittsburgh did here. 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and the Rudy family is known for being loyal. I think they've checked that box, but they're non-competitive. And you think about, if before Pittsburgh, we're non-competitive oh. with Cincinnati. And now what about Baltimore? You know, think about how much further away we are from them. Well, that's why I said earlier, I'm like, look, I respect the Rooney family, family for being loyal. I think that speaks volumes about them. They've been loyal. Oh. But I, I don't understand... Now people are saying, all right, well, give the young guy, Dwayne Haskins, a chance. Well, how come they didn't give Haskins a chance earlier in the season? Well, because like, you got to you, – you, when you look at Ben's offseason and you look at his start to the season, you obviously said, right, Max, you go, oh, mm-hmm. he may be able to clunk it hold it down, hold it down. Yeah. And then as time goes by – you say, well, no, that's not going to work. Well, well, I mean, he got hurt, but they went to Mason Rudolph a couple times. Mike Tannenbaum, you've said that Haskins has high end, like a high ceiling. It's been a while since people have said that, so they should give him a look, right? But if you're the GM of the Steelers, how do you rank the quarterbacks available, the Aaron Rodgers, et cetera, right now? Well, to me, it's Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, then Deshaun Watson, assuming everything off the field gets uh, clarified. But I would find out what I have in Dwayne Haskins. Look, I was at that game. Eli Apple was a huge bust in New York, top 10 pick, Ohio State. He's playing really good football. He had a great pick. He's starting on a team that's probably going to go to the playoffs. It's just another example of a first-rounder didn't work out one place and, and someplace else. And when Pittsburgh signed Haskins, I thought it made a lot of sense. For whatever reason, it didn't work out in Washington. you got to flush that. And now you got to see what he can do. He has great talent. He has really good arm strength. I would want to see if can we win with him because we know that Mason Rudolph isn't good enough. We know it's over for Ben, and we have to scour every opportunity. And by the way, if I had a chance to sit down with Aaron Rodgers, my message would be like, yeah, (laughs) here's what we're doing. Tom Brady, we gave him a great defense in Tampa Bay. We won a championship. Our defense in Pittsburgh is as good as what they had in Tampa. Yeah, no, it. it, I just laugh because you always want to sit down with Aaron Rodgers. It's like (laughs) your sales pitch is I'm going to sit down with you. But I don't see Aaron Rodgers. Pittsburgh, if I'm if I'm thinking Aaron Rodgers is going to Green Bay, I mean, taking Green Bay to the Super Bowl, he ain't leaving Green Bay. I mean, it, I like the yeah, Haskins out of – Haskins was a, was a one-year starter. So that starter. means he's got some talent. And some yes. talent. When you look at what he did in college, the way he started versus the way he finished and all the numbers he put up one year, and then he's immature in the NFL. As Mike T just said, he has a go-round. He gets more mature, hopefully – 
Key, would you verify what Mike T just said at the NFL level? Does Haskins have high-end potential talent-wise? I think he has potential. I don't know how high. Hmm. I've seen some stuff that made you go, oh, gosh. But, but Key, don't you get, to, he's going to get a coach fired. got 30 fire. seconds, Mike. Okay, okay, assuming what you said is true, Key, don't you have to find that out, though? If you do. Pittsburgh? No, you do. In, in, in real live action and not preseason. Yep. Yep. Jay, you, would, you go, would you take a look at Haskins? I've been saying take a look yeah. at Haskins. I, I don't know why I didn't take a look at him when Ben Roethlisberger went down the first time. Uh, I agree. College coaches are getting paid, guys. Quarterbacks, obviously, will always be paid. Then there's one spot just being left behind. You have an exception in the CBA for this spot. That's next. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. And by the way, on TV, we're heading over to ESPN News. Check it out. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. 